The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft Tobacco. The after show. The, the after, after show. show. It's the after show, everybody. The show after the show. And the uh, topic of discussion today came in from an email, right? Yeah, it did. All right. Uh, I want to let everybody know that David Garofalo is playing Hurt this fine afternoon. That's when people listen on uh, on Wednesdays, yeah. right? In the there's, afternoon. there's no fine it, afternoons. Is it obvious? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah? You sound uh, like you you're not feeling... You don't sound feeling... good. And Bad. This is Wednesday now, right? It so is. So the clock's changed. That couldn't yeah. have helped. Mm-hmm. Four days later, this I better go to the doctor. This is four days later. <laughs> That's a hell of a 48-hour flu. Uh, so I'm not sure if this dude's name is Joshua or if it's still Joshua. It starts with a Y. Oh, wow. No. I'm going to go with Yoshua. 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 I think, that. I I think the... the, the uh, emphasis needs to be on the second part of the, mm. the name. Where Yoshua. is he from, does he say? Uh, he does not say. Yeah. All right. So, Yoshua writes, mm-hmm. best alternative slash homages to no longer available or legacy legendary blends. Dear Brothers of the Leaf and Mr. J, longtime listener and two years into the hobby here, been hearing a lot of highly respected cigar brand owners and retailers share stories about the legendary cigars of their early days that inspired them to do great things that they ended up doing or starting their own blends and brands that later become today's ubiquitous cigar blends and brands. What was he sitting on the toilet reading a uh, dictionary? Probably thesaurus. Uh, Is that a kind of dinosaur? It is, yeah. I thought so. You know what a dinosaur is extinct, wipe, right? It's when you don't wipe properly, you get the sorest ass ever. The last two uh, dinosaurs left were part of the LBGTQ. Uh-huh. It was the uh, Dickosaurus and Lickalotopus. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of those blends are no longer available in their original glory, be it because of changes in ownership, changes in supply, or whatever. In the words of every boomer out there, they just don't make them like they used to anymore. I'm new to this hobby and want to learn as much as I can, and I would love it if the authorities here were to recommend cigars widely available today that best mimic the glory and flavors of these blends. And he lists a couple, and maybe we can brainstorm on a couple more. But one that he mentions uh, it happens to be, I'm smoking its replacement here, Camacho Diploma, which was mentioned by Skip Martin as one of his early inspirations. And... I mean, Aladino Corojo Reserve is... Slam dunk. ...of better than good yeah. replacement for that. Because the same guy does it. So he's mentioning that 
people sell off the company and what they do is do it a different way. They mass produce it. You take a small company that's doing it in a small, different way. Well, we can't make, you know, take a you know, a meal that you cook for two or something and you try to mass produce that meal for 100 people. It's not going to come out the same. It doesn't matter you use the same ingredients. And even if, if Plus, you, they don't use the same ingredients. They change it. If you took a guy like Perdomo and, and Ed Sullivan just went on the trip, but it's like 3,600 different uh, steps or 4,000 different steps. 3,054. Maybe 55. But we don't know. We're not sure. So you get a guy like that. Let's say Perdomo sells. Someone acquires him. They're, they're not keeping their eye on the ball at that level. No, Half no. of those steps are redundancies. Yeah. If you don't think Alec Bradley's cigar is going to change with somebody else making them, of course they're going to do it. But I will say, too, that here's somebody, a, a younger person that didn't live through the cigar boom days and hears of these great cigars from back in the day. They weren't so great. <laughs> they were good compared to Compared their to other ones, competition. But they're, they're not as good as the cigars today. So, so you take- Some of that's nostalgia, too. Yeah. It's, it's the same with restaurants. Yeah. You still love your Kellys, and it clearly is not the best out there. Right. It was but at the time. At the time. Yeah. So it stays there as nostalgic. Um, Should you be talking about food at a time like this, Ed Sullivan? Dave can always talk about food, I even can. when he's vomiting. Yes. <laughs> um, cigars got better, period. That's it. So you say, okay, Camacho, which was the Aroas, who sold off to Davidoff and the cigar changes, and some people don't like it as much as they used to. I bet that some people like it better than, better than it used to be. Either way, it's a different cigar than it was before. It so is. now you smoke the Aladino, and I'm telling you, the Aladino is better than what the Camacho was because he got better at it. More time went on. Not only that, I mean, think about the education that you get, even the father, with an, an extra 20 to 22 years of the agriculture growing, right. fertilization, partnering with bare systems. Yeah. We've got drones now that can infrared scan yeah. the fields. It's another level. They all got better. Some people will argue and say, I hate when people say cigars have never been better. They get better and better every year. It's a fact, and it's because of these things, drip irrigation and all the different things, putting uh, vitamins in there. The more they learn, the better they get. Yes, can they be a bad crop year because of mold, because of over-humidification, because of too much rain, because Weather, not yeah. enough hurricanes. Yeah, yeah things that. that happen that could be a bad year. Um, and and they that's why they grow so much tobacco so that they don't have to. Well, look at the Particus 160. The first year it came out, I think we could be in agreement that for its time it was a great cigar. Yeah. They tried to do different iterations of it, reiterations, and it was never the same. Well, you're not saying Particus 160. Well, this gentleman mentioned Particus 150, which has been mentioned by Barry and other vloggers slash bloggers. Very interesting um, cigar that was because that tobacco was um, trying to be sold to everybody. Mm -hmm. And everybody turned it down and everybody turned it down and everybody turned it down because honestly, it wasn't that good. It was very old tobacco, but it wasn't that good. And then you got somebody that said, I can do something with mm -hmm. this and did his magic trick and ended up making it what was a fabulous cigar. Um, again, we've had it after the fact. It's part of that nostalgia. At the time, or at the time, it was a great cigar. Is there better cigars that are out there? Yeah, I think the Mirafel has a lot of elements that are 
similar to that 150 yeah. and 160, but I think it's better. Yeah. Freaking price tag's better. <laughs> right. But the, then again, when that cigar came out, there, one of them, I think, reached maybe $20 at the time. Yeah. There was uh, $9, $12, and then the, the double A in the coffin or something was $20. And I'm going, this is crazy. And it was a box of 10 Yeah, it was, what, 1998, 99, or thereabouts? 96. 97. You know, Barry, this, is, this so is a lot like the discussion of sports, right? Yep. Who was the best quarterback? Well, you can't compare different Dan era. Marino and Tom mm-hmm. Brady. It was just different yeah. times. Yeah. What about Brett Favre and Tom Brady? They're closer in, They're closer. in age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could compare them. Yeah. How about Peter Brady from the Brady Bunch and Tom Brady? Uh, Peter, as far as Brady, Peter Brady is the goat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 When it's time to change, you go to Peter Brady. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. I don't know what that means. Yeah. But, um, um, Marshall wasn't a very good football player, right? No. Didn't she get hit? No, it was nose? Cindy that got hit in the nose, then, or or Jan. It might have been Jan. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan's getting sick of this. You know, he also, part of her problem was she didn't have the strength and character to do something about it. It's time. <laughs> All right, we're one for one. <laughs> brought to you by Camacho Cigar. For six decades, Camacho have been working hard to build the best damn cigar around, and they have gotten through it all by sticking to their vision. The strength to do anything they set their hand to. Camacho Cigars. And I have with me the top 17 jobs that it takes strength and character to keep. What was last week's chef? Last week's was was chef. See, I remember shit. Yeah, I remember Uh, that. We're up to number nine. So this will be tougher than the chef. Tougher than the chef by far. You're starting to get into high stress. Yeah, now they start leaps and bounds above chef. Like septic system guy? I'm not taking anything away from chef Charlie. He is the man, but I think even he would agree that being a construction worker at half the salary, huh. 37000 Construction workers make less? Construction workers make less than a chef. Unless they're unionized. Yeah. Then, you know, then it's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, there's 1.5 million people that would identify as a construction worker with long, hot days in the summer or extreme hey, your, your cold. Bro- is your brother a construction worker? He is. Well, you're making more than thirty-seven thousand. I pay him by the week. This is average salary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, they, I think they lump in a lot of really laborers yeah. who consider yeah, themselves construction. He's workers. a company owner. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure some of his lower-level guys probably come in close to that. Uh, I'm just going to start that over. Long uh, hot days in the sun or extreme cold, coupled with back-breaking work and high risk of injury makes construction jobs very challenging. It also comes with the stigma that being a construction worker means having to show that you're tough, leading many individuals to bottle up their feelings and battle depression after an injury. Yeah, construction workers don't cry. No, they're not going to be weeping. No. According to studies, and I can vouch for this. And they, and they play sick too. Mm. They, they, they broke a toe or something. You go to work. <laughs> About 16% of construction workers suffer from mental Distress. Wow. Well, what's the general population? Probably more than that. People I run into are all men. Ed Sullivan, my job is just to report the 17 most difficult jobs. 
yeah. that takes strength and character to keep. It's not to do the additional research for, yeah, to yeah. deal it. with your queries after. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the price of Mirafell before. The part gets one fifty when it came out. It was that twenty dollars yeah. cigar. So if you use the inflation calculator, a twenty dollars cigar in nineteen ninety seven is equivalent to thirty eight dollars today. There we go. So it was eighty six dollars. So it's all well. That out. was the first one, but you were also paying for that ashtray. Yeah. Mm, uh, still- <laughs> too much damage, by the way. Only on the uh, only on the uh, bellicosas, and we oh, took no. care of that. Not true. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> no, there's too much damage, and I'm going to tap out. I told them. Yeah. I told them that uh, you gave them feedback. Yeah, they said, "What can we do about this?" And I said, "You got to put cello on it." Yeah, we're we're dead set against that. And I said, "Well, I'm a retailer, and you're asking me the question, mm-hmm. and I'm going to stop carrying them if there's too much damage." I smoked way too many of these things. Uh, nice cigar, eighty six dollars, but when you you got two bad ones out of a out of a ten count box, uh, game's over. Yeah, it's not good. And uh, now the new ones came in, uncellophane in trays. They're bouncing around. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Um, not good. Not good. Uh, he also wonders about pre-general cigars. Um, pre-general, general cigar, the company, correct? Before, so, general. before general cigar. Um, he references Frank Laneza. Frank Laneza. Mm-hmm. Frank Laneza was Punch and Hor- yeah. Villazon was yeah. the name of the company. Oil de Monterey, and yeah. that was not before General. That was at the same time as General Cigar was there. So you had Edgar Coleman who owned General Cigar, and Frank Laneza who owned a company called Villazon, which was Punch and Hor de Monterey, among others. But those were the big ones. And Edgar Coleman bought Frank Inez out and took those brands. Uh, and then uh, Frank uh, went off into the sunset and later passed on. And uh, as, Ed, as Ed, Edgar did, Edgar took on, um, which he should have never did, he took on side money, which was, um, he went public with the company. And uh, it was a corporate takeover, what happened to him. And uh, n- never the same. That was the end of that. Uh, when General Cigar was corporately takeover, that was the end of that. When Villazon was taken over, it wasn't so bad. It was two like-minded mm. people. And I would say uh, it probably helped Villazon or helped Punch and Huerta Monterey because um, Edgar uh, had more money and was a better marketer and, and promoter of his brands. Um, but uh, since then... Probably the company grew. General probably grew since, but as far as you cigar geeking out and stuff, and you say, "Oh my God, some interesting things that happened to General Cigar um, blend wise since um, they've had a corporate takeover." None. They probably sell more. They, um, you know, it's a corporation, and it's well. They're not going to make cigars that take any chances. They're going to make cigars that completely one hundred percent appeal to the masses, which probably is not the person that's listening to a cigar podcast. Well, and I'll say so because instead of coming up with their own brands, they got their own factories, they got their own blenders. We'll come up with a brand name and and go with it. But no, they'd rather give somebody seventy two million dollars for their brand name, they're going to change the the blend on and everything, but um, it's more valuable to them because they can't build a brand. They can't make a brand. They can build on it, but they can't make it. They've tried. 
And they typically, once they acquire it, those brands tend to drop in popularity to begin with. I'll, I'll say so even, even with CAO that um, it, it's not what it used to be. And, and they've had a couple of winners within it and stuff. And uh, But CAO was, was a monster brand, as Alec Bradley is a monster mm-hmm. brand still. But they just took it over. But you Let, can say the first change that CAO had is when they moved away from Perdomo. Yes, yeah, they they used to be in Costa Rica before that, so they they made changes. They, uh, like anybody, I mean, they had didn't have their eggs in one basket anyway. But uh, it's uh, so there there. I think there are some cigars that should be on people's radar that are the new up and comers for that we can look at now and say, okay, twenty five years from now, maybe you end up with. The next Nick Perdomo, like West Tampa. We've had Rick Rodriguez on. He's got yeah. it going on. Yeah. He's making solid blends and he's really extracting an awful lot out of that factory. You know, will you be putting, you got Rick Rodriguez as a new company, not a new guy, but a new company. Uh, we had um, Mickey Pegg on uh, with both these companies, just a year or two old, right? Will somebody be looking 20 years from now as an original box of those cigars and say, holy shit, remember mm-hmm. this? These were so great. Um, you know, probably. Yeah. Yeah, and it still goes back to the question of, you know, with these legacy ones, were they so great or they were just good for that period of yeah, time? Yeah, because... There were there were good cigars before the cigar boom. Then the cigar boom. The good cigars during the cigar boom were just good cigars. Just, yeah, just good. Yeah, but you got you got someone like Skip who is firing on all cylinders. Smaller company. He's not looking really to grow, but his stuff is very consistent and very good. And Ed Sullivan, no one smokes more of his stuff than you do. I'm smoking one right now on Neanderthal. So as something that's readily available, and if you're looking for, um, back in its day, La Gloria Cubana was considered the full-bodied yeah, cigar of I its day. Yeah, I smoked a lot, and now it would be lower end of medium, maybe. Correct. But yeah. if you're looking for a fuller-bodied experience against today's standards, yeah. you look no further than Skip Martin's Neanderthal. So if, if you're looking for the old Camacho, you go to... Um, Corojo Reserve by yeah, Aladino. Aladino. And if you're looking for La Gloria Cabana, you go to E.P. Carrillo because that's his style. Yeah, you could. He, has, he hasn't changed his style. Uh, yes, he's put different, different things out that he didn't have before, but you say, I don't know which one it would be. but you I say, think his stuff is certainly fuller bodied than what it was back in the day. He's improved in well, that Well, the, t- the tobacco space. leaf has improved. He's sure. not a grower. He buys tobacco leaf, and you could not get tobacco with any oomph to it at all because they were just planting crops and doing it as fast as they can because they went from 200 million to 400 and something million in a, in a period of a couple of years. The slowdown is happening right now within the cigar industry, and yes, there is a slowdown. I don't care what anybody ends up saying, maybe economy-driven or whatever reason it, it is that's happening. Um, cigars are going to get better. Because it, for sure. the process goes slower, mm-hmm. and when the when when the demand is really high, they speed things up and they accept things, and it goes through. So uh, the glory days is now because things have slowed down a little bit. What about up and comers? Uh, HVC Rainier Alonso mm-hmm. with you his own factory yeah, now. You want to look at what you know Tat did with the boutique back in the day? Yeah. I think he's the new guy. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, he's got his own factory, too. Yep. Uh, Noel Rojas. Yeah, yeah, he's there, too. Another one. I thought it so many times that I thought I said it. I'm glad you stepped up and said it. <laughs> and Adventura would have been the one. Oh, yeah. I think they could still be there, you know? I think it's like a picture that went for Tommy John surgery that might come back even better yeah. than ever. Man, I hope so. Uh, they, they were my big shot that, you know, okay, they, these are the big guys that are coming in. But don't, you just, just heard who they are. That, that's our guess who it is right now, right? You also have Aganorsa, which I know they're on the, the, the kind of the cusp of becoming that medium-sized company. But they're hungry for market share. They're changing their packaging up. They're changing their blends up. And they're staying relevant and current. Well, yeah. we'll we'll see if the sun wants to get involved yeah. with this. Nick Melillo's doing some very yeah. good cigars, and his, dis- you know. his distribution needs to improve. I love Nick; he's a great guy. But how many times are we backordered on stuff? So yeah. now but, his Charter Oak would be another good uh, replacement for time for time against that La Glory Cubana of its day. It's a fuller flavored, fuller bodied cigar. It's inexpensive. It's very good. Yeah. If you're looking for, you know, the punch and Hoyo de Monterey kind of a broadleaf cigar, uh, those topper cigars yeah. are probably in the same strength range, but they're much better cigars. They also existed 125 years ago. Yeah. Not, not the new ones, though. <laughs> right. The yeah. anniversary. The 125th one anniversary is phenomenal. Is phenomenal. It is really None good. of those left. Got them back in. Got them again. Yes. They are really good. Yeah. yeah. Why don't he really make something like that <laughs> all yeah. the time? And I think he said that he was only able to get so much of that wrapper yeah. that it's limited to how long he can do it. Well, we smoked that for a couple of years of samples. Yeah. You know, when you oh, see it him took a long time. Yeah. I think it, it probably got caught up in that pandemic nonsense. Yeah, it yeah. did. He'll, he'll tell you that, that it was delayed because of the pandemic. Yeah, when he finally showed it to me, I'm like, didn't we do this already? I, I was in your office yes. when he came in yeah. years ago now. Yeah. Didn't we already do this? No, it never came out. <laughs> Thank God. Okay. All right, so that that is it for the uh, long answer to a uh, short question over there. But bring them in. We're always looking for topics for the after show. Um, next week on the Cigar Authority, it is the top 10 Figurados cigars in the world this is shaped cigars the top 10 in the world so we can pick anything that's in here and we have it together and we'll go through the top 10 all the way to number one and i think you're going to go great i think everybody's going to say obviously those, those are the top 10 figurators in the world we'll see how it goes all right stick the lid end in your mouth you might like it The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.